Welcome to the Truth and Liberty broadcast. We believe we have a mandate to bring godly change to our nation and the world through the seven spheres or mountains of influence. To further this cause, we give away a product every week that will empower you to get involved in changing your life and changing our world. You can register for our weekly giveaway by subscribing at truthandliberty.net. You can also subscribe to our newsletter to receive weekly updates on guests, news, and much more. This is an interactive live cast and we welcome your questions. To ask a question during the live cast, use the comment or chat features. Now get ready to dive into this week's topics with our hosts on location in Colorado, USA. Hello and welcome to the Truth and Liberty Livecast. I'm Mark Cowart sitting in for Andrew Womack tonight. And I want you to know we have an awesome, awesome program tonight. A very dear friend and no stranger to us here at Truth and Liberty or to Karis Bible College, Bishop Joshua Lowery from Uganda. Bishop Joshua, it's good to have you with us, Richard. Uh, we've been knowing him a long time. And uh, I'll tell you, we're going to give you a more proper introduction, uh, Bishop Joshua. But right now, we've got some exciting things going on up here at Karis and Through Truth and Liberty. So, Richard, you can fill us in on all the awesome things going on. Absolutely, Mark. Yeah, it's a, it's a great time of year here at the ministry. Uh, coming up are a lot of fun uh, and encouraging activities. Um, the first thing I wanted to mention is the Women Arise Conference, which is November 3rd through the 5th. So, that's uh, just a couple weeks away. And uh, the speakers there are going to be Terry Savelle Foy, Audrey Mac and Carrie Pickett. And that is going to be an amazing time uh, for women to come and be encouraged and refreshed and, uh, you know, um, uh, maybe get some, some rest and, and fellowship in that's uh, just going to be so edifying. So register for that, awmi.net slash events. Uh, Andrew's going to be ministering along with Dwayne Sheriff at the Dallas Gospel Truth Conference November 10th through the 12th. So if you're in the Dallas arena or anywhere in Texas, Oklahoma, you ought to make your way down for that. It's going to be a fantastic time. The Heart of Christmas, uh, that's the annual program that we do uh, at Karis Bible College Dramatic Show. It's uh, written by uh, Robert and Elizabeth Murin, and it's an amazing program. It'll move you. It'll touch you deeply. Um, it'll tell the story of, of Christmas from the perspective of the Jewish people, and it's just awesome. The a Living Nativity, December 16th through the 18th, uh, with live donkeys and camels and horses. I, there's a Roman soldier on horseback riding, riding around. It's just awesome for the whole family. Come out to the campus uh, and see the lights and see the, the uh, live nativity. I wanted to mention also our website tonight. Um, if you would, go to the Truth and Liberty website. If you're not watching tonight's show on the website, you need to, okay? So jump off YouTube, get over there right on our website at truthandliberty.net where you won't be interrupted, won't be censored. And then uh, on our website, be sure to check out our resources page, would you? We're always adding tools there to help you stand for truth in the public square. I wanted to mention our Colorado voter guides are published and ready. Digital versions in English and Spanish in seven different regions of Colorado are available for download. Also, we've got links for uh, other voter guides, including iVoterGuide, Million Voices, and Church Voter Guides uh, here locally. iVoterGuides and Million Voices are nationwide, so be sure to check out your voter guide. And then uh, also My Faith Votes a Voter Hub. Our good friends there uh, uh, have an incredible array of election resources. 
you can get a copy of your ballot. You can find out uh, who your representatives are. You can link to uh, voter guides. So it's a, a great website, My Faith Votes. And uh, also, if you're not a subscriber to Truth and Liberty, would you consider becoming one? Uh, we send out emails uh, with helpful information, blogs, links, uh, that sort of thing to keep you informed, give you opportunities where you can engage and uh, get involved and get tools and resources uh, that are going to help you. So if you just go on our website, upper right-hand corner, click subscribe, share your email with us, and you'll be a Truth and Liberty subscriber. When you do, we'll put your name in the hat and um, you'll be eligible to receive our free product this week. Last week, we gave away Don't Limit God. It's an amazing book by Andrew Womack. Uh, and Ron Frank, you're the winner of that. Congratulations, Ron. You'll get an email from us shortly about how you can claim that. This week, we're giving away Andrew's book called More Grace, More Favor, releasing the untapped power of humility in your life. Humility is one of the most powerful virtues. Uh, it, it's a, like a, a supercharged pathway to the, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life in all kinds of ways. Get, uh, subscribe today and be eligible to receive that, uh, one of Andrew's most recent books. Also, we are doing so many things here at Truth and Liberty, sometimes I feel like I, I can't even keep up. It's so awesome. Distributing a million voter guides, uh, for example, uh, you know, writing op-eds and, and advocating in the media and all kinds of things like that. If you want to help us do what we're doing, stand up for truth, be a light in the culture for Christ, you can just uh, do that by becoming a member today of Truth and Liberty. Go to our donate page, sign up to make an automatic recurring gift each month of $5 or more, and you will be a Truth and Liberty member. We'll send you right away a copy of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States, uh, two of the greatest political documents ever written by man. And then Andrew Womack's own Declaration of Dependence Upon God and His Holy Bible. You know, Mark, I was reading that the other day. Uh, just came across a copy and was reading it. And it's, um, it's really an incredible document that Andrew wrote. Uh, it's eloquent. It's powerful. It's bold. It takes a stand. It'll be an encouragement to you. So guys, become a donor or a, a member today and we'll send that to you in the mail. Um, if you remember, if you give to Truth and Liberty Coalition, your gift is not tax deductible because we're a 501c4, but that's what allows us to uh, do politics. So it's important that we get those C4 gifts. But if you need yours to be a C3, in other words, you need tax credit for your gift, you can give to Truth and Liberty through the foundation, Truth and Liberty Foundation. Just go to truthandliberty.com foundation and make your gift there. And uh, God will recognize your donation either way. I promise you that. Also wanted to mention, uh, if you didn't have a chance to go to the Truth and Liberty Conference last September, uh, a month ago, um, I'll just say this, you missed out. It was one of the greatest times I've ever experienced. It was awesome. And there were some powerful messages and things that were delivered. And, and uh, you can get a, uh, that conference now on CD, DVD, or USB. Just go um, on our website at truthandliberty.net, or you can call in at 719-635-1111. And speaking of, of uh, calling in, if you need someone to agree with you in prayer tonight, uh, Andrew has his uh, whole massive team of trained, spirit-filled prayer ministers standing by and just call into that number again, 719-635-1111, and let God uh, uh, do a miracle in your life tonight. Amen. That's all I've got. Awesome, Richard. Well, we're going to have a great time. I want to tag on to something, uh, the voter guide. So I want to encourage you all, um, and I want to put in a plug here for Richard Harris and Tim Barton. Mm. Last week, we had our Culture Impact Team meeting and Tim Barton spoke. Richard, you spoke on the scriptural basis. I think it's a duty 
for us to vote, and you did an incredible job. So that message is on this link I'm going to share. If you'll go to churchforallnations.com, and if you'll look up uh, under events, or if you'll Google and search around on there for vote. So here's what you can do. We can register to vote from there if you're not. You get a church voter guide, and that is what uh, Truth and Liberty worked so hard to do. Uh, also, in-person voting locations, uh, the Truth and Liberty guide, and you can sign up for our 24-7 prayer drive up from now till the elections. And we've got people signing up, and you don't have to pray the whole hour, but if you'll at least pray five minutes, sign in there. And then right below that are the videos. And there's a Q&A, Richard, that you and Tim did that was tremendous. Mm, yep. And the, these are not extremely long messages, 25, 30 minutes. So go to churchforallnations.com and spread it around. People need to be out voting. Well, Bishop Joshua Lawery, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you for being with us. Um, you know, Richard, this is pretty special for yes. both of us because you were, I was just reading the Declaration of Dependence. That was what caused Andrew and I to have lunch in 2015. Mm -hmm. And then that led to what became the catalytic moment there of launching the Practical Government School. But Bishop Joshua, we had a mutual friend mm -hmm. and we're thinking, we were talking before, I think right. it was 2010. Yeah. And uh, our friend Mike Crosslow, who was a missionary in Uganda from back when it was very dangerous. In the 80s. Yes, yes very dangerous. Uh, Idi Amin had decimated yeah. the country. Yeah. And so he called me and he said, uh, Brother Mark, I, he said, I think I've met the Ugandan version of Mark Cowart. And I said, <laughs> seriously? And he goes, he's going to be in the States. You were at the Global Leadership yeah. Summit. Yeah. And you came, and from the moment we met, yeah. it was instant, yeah. uh, kindred spirit. Right. And God has done many things, but you are also the general overseer of the National Born Again Fellowship of Pentecostal Churches in Uganda. That's right. 30,000 churches. churches yeah. You're the pastor and founder of Grace Assembly. Grace Assembly. Yeah. You're doing so much. Tell us what is going on in your world. There's many things, but we're going to talk about Discipling Nations tonight. It's the I most unique revelation. Sure. Yeah, that's why I want to stick more. There are many other things that we do, you know, about church, and, but I want to stick more onto that because that is something that I feel the Lord has kind of given me a postgraduate, uh, you know, a course <laughs> yeah. study about discipling a nation. And uh, the Lord started with me way back. I didn't understand it that way then. And it was um, the early time when the current government had just come into power. And we had all sorts of ideas about, you know, the current government. We thought they were communists and what, because of what they were saying. And, and I, I had a very anti-attitude about that. And then on January 19, January 29th, 1987, the current government had just been in power for one year. And I wasn't praying for them. I was, I hated them. Mm. And, and then the Lord told me, start to pray for government. Start to pray for those who are in leadership. And then he started, that day it came very, very clearly that in order for me to continue with what the Lord wanted me to do, I had to start praying for my nation and for the leaders according to First Timothy chapter 2. Mm -hmm. Pray for those who are in leadership so that there will be peace then the gospel will be preached. Then the people will know the truth. 
you know, they will get saved, but then they will continue to know the truth. Now, that was very clear then. That, that's all I knew. Uh, what I thought was our role as, past, as, as believers is really to pray for the nation. Mm -hmm. and for the, that's all. But going on and obeying God is good because it pays. As I continue to faithfully pray, and I've done it that for all those years, I've continued to pray for the nation almost daily. It became part of my, I realized from that day that the Lord wanted me to put it number one before I pray for my wife, for my children. I wasn't married then, but <laughs> I started to pray for the nation, for the leaders. And it's through that that the Lord started to show me, to open my eyes to see that we are called in the Great Commission not just to convert people, disciple them, and then turn them into ministers, which is so important. Mm -hmm. Convert people, turn them into disciples, and then make them ministers. Fivefold ministry to make, you know, to equip the saints mm -hmm. to do the work of ministry. That is good. That is great and wonderful. But God wants us to go beyond that, to see our responsibility to disciple the nation. Mm. I started to realize that uh, it came along, you know, it did come all at the same time. But what I came to realize and understand is that when you take responsibility, you get authority. In the spirit realm, responsibility and authority go together. Where you take responsibility, God gives you authority. If you abdicate and run away from responsibility, you've run away from authority. Mm. To me, that was a turning point in my life. Mm. The only way Christians can really impact their nation is when they take full responsibility for whatever is going on. To the degree you take responsibility, to that degree you have authority. So, so here in America, you, for decades, yeah. we have so many pastors who are saying, well, I don't want to get involved in politics. I don't want to talk about it. It's not my job. They just preach Jesus. Yeah, it's not my job. And you're saying, Pastor, you're, because you're not taking responsibility, responsibility, you have no authority. You see what they're saying? Into that on those when subjects. they say that, yeah. and they are, they, are, they, are, they are satisfied with their 2,000 people, 5,000 people, 10,000 people, you've already delineated your only responsibility, and therefore your only authority is there. So you've, you've, you've cut yourself. You've limited yourself. You've limited God. Mm. God always complained in, in the Bible that Israel has limited me. Mm. The same God who saves an individual is the same God who saved the whole family. Is the same God who f saves a whole city. Is the same God. He doesn't need, need to stretch. That now I'm saving a city. No. It's just as simple as he saves an individual. He heals mm. an individual. He can heal a whole city, mm. a whole nation. It's you to limit him because his power is unlimited. So if you choose as a pastor that all that you're going to be involved and concerned with is only these 2,000 people or 5,000 people, you've limited God. Well, the average church in America is, what, 200, maybe okay. less, Whatever. 150. Yes. Um, so if I'm only going to take responsibility for my only 150, yes. then talk that's about all. limiting God. That's really limiting God. All that he'll give you is for the 150 you've decided, mm. the healing, the prosperity, the resources, the revelation will be for only that. If you choose to lift your focus to a whole city, I challenge pastors, why don't you pastor the whole city? Why do you only pastor 150? 
all these are the only people God has called me. Where? Where is it written? Mm. Why, why are you insisting God <laughs> called you for this? God tells you, you lift your eyes, Abraham. What you see is what I give you. So if you only see 150, that's all the power you'll get and the resources you'll have. Wow. The resources you'll get for only the 150. If you choose, I'm going to pastor the whole city. Your focus, your prayer, your commitment, and then God starts to download you know, the solution. I always tell it this way to the pastors. You compare yourself to the mayor or governor. If a governor was to come before God and pray, what would he be praying about if he was you know, a believer? Mm. He would pray for whatever is in that state, Colorado, for example. He would pray for all the children. He would pray for education. He would pray for health. He would pray. So how about a typical pastor who has 150 people? He would pray for the PA system, the camera, <laughs> the what? Then when one breaks down the, the keyboard. So if you, you compare the two, if you are God, and these two people appear before you, one is the governor who is praying for the whole state. He's concerned about the whole thing. And this one who is only praying for hmm, his PA system, his children, his church. Yeah? Whom do you listen to first? Mm. You listen to the governor because when you answer the governor's prayer, even the pastor's needs will have been handled at the same time. Well, Bishop Joshua, some, uh, some pastors probably think, well, in my little church, what can I do? I don't have the resources to solve the crime problem in my community or the teen what suicide. What resources did Elijah have? Mm. What resources did Elijah have? He didn't even have a pistol. <laughs> not even a pistol. The, the, the power, the resources are not you. Mm. The God you have, mm. the revelation you have is, is what determines what you do. Mm -hmm. Your God, you and God are the majority. Even if the whole nation of America is on the other side, one side, and God is on your side, you're already the majority. So it's, it has nothing to do with what you have. Once you have God, you have everything. Mm. And so that is the mindset. Can I say this, Joshua? Because something just came to me. What you were talking about doing is mm. uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, where it says, I exhort there first of all, yes. supplications, prayers, intercessions, mm. giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all in authority. Mm. But that's first of all. Now, most people, mm. or I would say a lot, don't know your story. Mm. So under Milton Abote, I remember you came home from school one day and they had slaughtered and killed so many people. Including my cousin who had been shot and we were not allowed to bury him, and there was, you know, a stench, the whole village. Oh. And we lived in trauma. Oh. Yes. Yeah. And they had a knife to your Hold throat. Yes. And all of a sudden, a commander walked up and said, let that one go. Don't but you see, he's in uniform, he's still a kid, he's still in school. So that's how I survived. I don't know who would have spoken today on the truth and liberty, but <laughs> I died that day. <laughs> well, we were, we were driving when I was with you in Uganda, and you told me the story, and I had no idea, but this is the key. Yeah. What, I, what I just saw, the Lord told you to start praying, so you're obeying the Word. Yes. And the revelation that came Come to you. Through the years. But if anybody, I think, would have had a reason to be bitter, yeah. toward the government yeah. or hateful because what I found Richard mm. 
we have a lot of people, they're not praying for people, but they're criticizing right. people. Mm -hmm. But the revelation, even when somebody gets in office, it could mm. be a Muslim or yeah. complete opposition, yes. you still pray for them. You still interact with them. Yes. Let me, under those two, what, what he said, let me start from where he said, who am I? I only have this small church. The, it's because you've decided to have a small God hmm. and you've limited yourself to that. God can take anybody from anywhere, including me, who you've just said. I was like that in the small village. You, you can still have impact on the national level depending on how much you've decided to take responsibility. If you take responsibility for a city, that's what you'll have. If you take for a district, that's what you'll have. It's not God who limits you, you limit him. Mm. You decide, you choose what you, our God is unlimited. But if you choose that I'm only going to concern myself with only my local church, that's all you have and God will not fight you. You've chosen to limit yourself to that 150 people. And that's all you'll see. The resources you'll get will be for the 150 people. Mm. It won't go beyond what you see. Open your eyes, what you see. So, if, if all you do is to criticize those who are in leadership, we've not been called to criticize. There are two ministries before God. They continue nonstop. One ministry is led by Jesus, another ministry is led by the devil. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Hmm. He's accusing them day and night, 24-7. He continually standing as a prosecutor, accusing. On the other side, on the right hand, is Jesus, who although he knows all our weaknesses, he's still doing intercession. He ever lives to make intercession according to Hebrews. Every time you join those who criticize, you've joined the devil's ministry. Mm. If you join those who are praying and interceding for the nation, you're joining Jesus' ministry. So it is you to choose which where you flow most. Which ministry do you flow in? The one of the devil? of criticizing or the one of Jesus. It isn't that those people don't have mistakes or weaknesses, they do. But we do also have. Does Jesus criticize us? No. He keeps praying for us. That's what you should maintain, an optimistic, positive attitude about everything about your city, about your state, about your community. And as you maintain that, you see, God, you, you can imagine if God was to be depressed by what he goes on in the world. Does he? Does he get depressed? No. He has all the faith that will change it. Mm. He's never depressed. That's what the attitude he wants us to maintain. Yeah? You can imagine when Isaiah was looking at the glory of God, he says, the whole world is full of your glory. You would say, are they deceived? You know, I see the difference. But God is like that. He sees... In the midst of all the evil, I still have my power. I can, if I have my people on my side, mm -hmm. everything. So that's the attitude he wants us to maintain. And every time we do that, we, 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 we download his mind, we download his solutions. We, we, we are not depressed, we are not pessimistic. We are, not, we, are, we are always believing God for the best. And that's how he downloads his solution. Mm. There's no situation too hard for God. Mm. Any time, any day, he can change anything. A whole nation can be changed in a day. So that's why he wants us to maintain our attitude positive and always looking at the right side of things, 
maintaining the prayer and being ready to hold on for the long haul. Knowing that changing a nation doesn't come for a day, it took him 1,400 years to prepare this nation called Israel, his firstborn, so that it will release the principles by which nations can be mm. discipled. Look at how long he's waited. Mm. God is patient. 1,400 years working with Moses. You know, he started with Moses, and then all those years, being patient, that one day I'll go back to the rest of the nations. Mm. That is what he expects us to be. So we are to, first of all, look at our nations and know that God is counting on us. The same way he's counting on you to save your whole family. Well, speaking of patience, you've, <laughs> you've patience. been at this in Uganda, yes. okay, 1980s till Seven. now. Is how many years? Um, Thirty something years. Thirty something years. I have as today I have as more faith than I've ever had before. Mm -hmm. I, people talk, they get depressed. I don't. I know all that I'm believing God for is going to come to pass. We are going to pre create a modern nation of what it means to disciple a nation. Um, if you cut me here, that's what will come out. <laughs> <laughs> and, but Joshua, you have faith. Yeah. The word says run the race with faith it's and patience. patience. And what most people don't realize, so, mm. I, and I'm having revelation come to me about the way you praying for your government mm. when you almost died as a young man. Mm. And under the likes of Milton Abote and Idi Amin and then yep. Joseph Kony terrorizing yep. the nation. Yep. But you told me something one day uh, because God has used you to speak into my life. I was driving down the road and this was during another administration. Yeah. I was so discouraged and I said, Joshua, yeah. I said, man, look what is going on. And he goes, no, Mark, you have it easy. Yeah. Your nation is dedicated to God. Yeah. You have foundations yeah. of, of Christian, uh, Christian right. foundations. Mm. And I would say, keep talking to me, Joshua. I need <laughs> to hear that because in Uganda, you yeah. were never dedicated to the Lord. No. It was never, it was dedicated. Centuries to of witchcraft, centuries of murders, centuries of idolatry, centuries of what? We can still turn that round. We have had mm. kings standing up, a king standing and saying today, after I've realized and listened to what has been taught, today I take my kingdom away from Satan. I want to hand it over to God. A king standing mm. up in, in our country. You know, our kings are still so powerful, very, very influential. People believe in them. They, when they are walking, people prostrate. You know that. Yeah. But a king, after being in witchcraft, serving witchcraft for many years, and standing up and saying, today, I want to dedicate my kingdom to God. And they take a symbolic key and hand over the key to mm -hmm. the priests, to the church, and say, today, I want my kingdom to belong to God. I want to mm. be blessed. That is powerful. That is powerful. And here, because you obeyed the Lord and started that prayer, the Lord has taken you. You're speaking into the president's life, the first lady, yeah. parliament, what's the equivalent of the IRS, judges. And so the Lord has moved you up on the tops of those mountains and spheres of influence. Yeah. Do you think it's important maybe that we talk a little bit about the altars? Okay. Because the witchcraft... Let me first talk about that. How does that come about? The day you decide I'm going to, to take responsibility for my nation, for the banking sector, for the education sector, for the judiciary, for the moment you start, and then you start to pray for all of them. I, when I start praying, I pray for the 
president. I pray for his wife. I pray for the judiciary, the chief justice. I, I mentioned them by name. Paul mentions people by name. Mm -hmm. When you look at his episodes, he said, greet Andronicus. Greet Phoebe. He, he mentioned them by name. By name, by name, by name, by name, continually, continually. So you, you start praying, praying. As you start to pray and as you continue praying, the Lord starts to open doors into the hearts of people. Mm -hmm. The next time you meet the Chief Justice, the Chief Justice has a spirit in them. Whether he knows God or not, whether it's a Muslim or whatever, they, they, they meet you in the spirit when you're praying for them in the night. Mm. You meet them in somewhere in the spirit. <laughs> the next time they meet you, they don't know why they like you. Mm. They don't know why they feel so good about you. <laughs> they don't know you've been praying for them. Mm -hmm. So every word you speak <laughs> is so powerful. Why? Mm. You've been praying for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's how the, a key that God has given to us Christians, which we don't use, yeah. irrespective mm. of who they are. Whether they're which doctor or the worst of all people in town, you have a power to get to their hearts because they're spirits. And so that's the way I got into those spheres. These judges, you know, calling judges from the Supreme Court, the Court of Appeal and the High Court, and they sit there for a weekend and you speak to them and they continue coming and they say, we need to come back again. We need to, it's because you've been praying for them and that day when you stand before them, the Lord will bring what will hit them. Mm. He, he, you, through your prayer, your consistent prayer, you start to get the fruit of those prayers. And that's why the church should go beyond the four walls mm -hmm. of my 150 members and start praying. Pray for all the people who are in authority of the Bible. Says. Can I ask you, Joshua, how do you pray for them? Because I know you've said this, think Bible, yeah. speak Babylonian. Yeah. But how do you pray for them when they're a Muslim? Our faith, are not, we don't serve the same God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you pray for them? How do you pray for some that are in witchcraft and mm -hmm. things? What are some things that you bring before the Lord? When you're praying for the people who are in leadership, it's a command from the scriptures. You start to pray for their, for their well-being. Jesus gave us four steps. When you go Mark, um, Mark and Matthew, I think chapter 10. Wherever you go in every area, every city you go to, bless them. Mm. Bless, he said that. <clears throat> bless them. Mm. You, you, you start with blessing them because you see, in the spirit realm, they sense you if you have a contradicting spirit. They will sense spirits, God created spirits in such a way that they know what you don't know about your mind. But your spirit senses, this one is dangerous. This one. But if you start to bless them, you start to bless, they, they feel when you come near them, they, they don't know why they love you. Because in the spirit, you've been blessing them. You've mm. been praying for them. Mm. You've been, that is key. Mm -hmm. It's a command by the Lord. Mm. You go there in any city, first bless them. Mm. Then you eat with them, fellowship with them. Fellowshipping, me, come look for a common ground. Don't look for something you don't agree with. Look for something, a common ground, build rapport. Yeah. Then meet their needs, pray for whatever needs they have. Well, what's the connection between all of this and revival and winning the nation to Christ? So like you've got 30,000 churches under you 
And, <laughs> and I don't know what percentage Uganda now is born-again believers, yes. but it's definitely more than when you started, right? Yes. And so how, what's the connection between what you're saying let's, and let's, let's, let's first finish the other part. Yeah. You see this, this Muslim mayor, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not, he sits in a gate. Mm. By you influencing him, you are getting into the gate. Mm-hmm. If he's, 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 he's wicked, he'll open a door to wickedness, to demonic yes. activities, to what? That's why you want to get there, because he's already there. Mm. You, you, you need to realize that God's way of working is that the governed have a choice for who governs them, and God honors that. If he was elected in that position of office, God recognizes him, and the devil does. And because God does not contradict himself, because he's in leadership, you need to recognize, recognize him, give respect to where respect is due. And when you do that, and you pray for them and you bless them, then you can now influence them. Mm -hmm. You don't influence people at a distance. No, you influence them at a close range. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I look, I stand at the door and knock. If you allow me to come in, I'll come in and fellowship with you. Even Jesus needs close range to influence you. So for us to influence these people in leadership, we need to pray, to bless them first. But the reason, very importantly, is because they're sitting in a gate. Mm -hmm. we, we suffer when the wrong people are in authority yes. because they are being influenced. If I influence a king in my kingdom, in our kings are still so powerful. They're sitting in a gate. They have so much influence. That influence is turned into authority in the spirit realm. So if they're using that authority wrongly, they're giving the devil authority over our land. So mm -hmm. if I come along, now I influence them, then I change that authority for the good. Now, Joshua, I can already hear people thinking this, that they feel like they're compromising. Mm -hmm. uh, now, Jesus did say, mm -hmm. bless those mm -hmm. that curse you. Yep. Pray for them yep. that despitefully use you. But I know we've got people listening. <clears throat> If they feel like they're compromising mm. if they're praying mm. for someone that's, let's say, very much pro-abortion, very mm. much LGBT, mm. uh, very much anti-God and all that. Mm. So you're saying that you go in and you're praying for their redemption is what you're praying sure. for. Yeah. I pray for their redemption. Have you got some testimonies? Let me give you testimonies of such. We have Muslim one particular Muslim mayor was totally against church. And in Bar you, for you, you were very close to that place when you visited. Uh, and, and, and I want to recognize, you know, what Sifan has done to support our, you know, we're always very grateful for what you, you know, you helped and has to go around the country, give us a big truck and a tent which we use and all that. But in that area, that guy did not want anything to do with the gospel, even stopped church. Uh, meetings, he would arrest pastors, and they are out praying and, you know, for him to die. So when I went there, I told them, no, that's not how we pray. We'd never see Paul, Peter, or any of those people praying like that. Said, yeah, but, said, do you check the New Testament in the book of Acts? There was, you know, a lot of persecution. The church was being persecuted. Look at the way they were praying. So I said, okay, we are now going to pray. Let's, now we're going to pray for this Muslim man. Take a few days, pray and fast for him. Just bless him. 
Start blessing him because now we are going to get to his heart. And then we started praying. And all of a sudden, an opportunity arose. And then we had to call these people, all the leaders from this region. We transported them to the capital city, Kampala. And he was among them. And he attends my teaching. And he listens. He came with 12 of his people. And we put them in that hotel where you stayed. You, you came and sponsored the, you remember you sponsored the, a meeting for the pastors? That's the hotel I put them. I paid for all of them, 124. And he was among them. And, and, and so he came with 12 people. He had never seen this. A Christian, a pastor, a bishop paying for us here, three meals a day, four nights in this four-star hotel. He was so moved by that alone. Mm. By the time that meeting ended, on, in, that was January 2015, he took me aside and said, you know, this is amazing. I've never had anything like this. We only came 12 of us. I want the whole of my team. We have 174 staff in the mayor's, you know, as a mayor. I want all of them to listen to this. I said, we don't have, I don't have money. He said, no, we have the money. We're going to take a team to South Africa to benchmark, to see what South Africa has done. To, instead of going there, we're going to come here. We have the money. We'll pay for it. I said, will you? He said, yes. I'm going to bring all the 174 of my staff under me, bring them to Kampala, which is 250 miles. We'll bring them in buses. We'll pay for their hotel. We want you to teach them three mm. days. <laughs> we brought four buses to the city of Kampala, and I taught from morning, evening, and the coordinators were all his Muslim people. And then he, said, he stood up and said, this is my mentor, openly saying that. That's an exploit. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's That's what, an exploit. Yes. Awesome. And, and, and he said, I have four wives. I've told oh. one of them, you know, Muslims marry right. for wife. Yeah. He said, I've told one of them to start praying with you. I've sent him to one of your churches, so he knows one of the Pentecostal churches. You go to one of them, look for the one you like. Uh -huh. So you see, how much power do we have to change these people? We have power mm -hmm. to change them. None of them is too powerful. You're, talk have. you're talking about a level of commitment. You're committed, that taking the responsibility. Yes. Mm. And I just sense, Joshua, in America, like, you know, so many people, they're probably calling down fire. They're probably mm. praying for people to die right now. Yeah. There was a time that Paul turned someone over to Satan. Yes. But that was a believer that had when, gotten into And when God sin. can, there are times when God can tell you that one has had enough opportunity, then the Lord tells you. Yeah. There was a time when God told Samuel, stop praying for Saul, seeing I have rejected, rejected him. How long will you continue? But until God has told you, you obey the command in 1 Timothy 2. Pray for those who are in leadership. And when you do, you have so much power over them. You see, you are serving them by prayer. Anybody mm. you serve, you can lead. It is servant leadership. We mm. serve those people before we lead them. You mm. can lead them only by serving them. You serve them by praying. And when you pray, you get into their hearts. That's the power and the key that a non-believer does not have. We have that power. We can change anybody. Mm. Nobody is too difficult for us. Wow. If we decide and we are deliberate and we choose and say we are going to take a whole week, we're going to pray and fast for this man. We are going to pray over this and you use scripture and you pray. I've told you that example is everybody knew about it. The minister in charge of local government 
the central government, called me and he called 10 commissioners and directors in the Ministry of Local Government. He said, what did you do? What did you say to this you know, mayor and his team? This was the most problematic area. Mm -hmm. What did you tell them? What a change you have seen. They saw a change, it was so real. The city changed and turned around in a few months mm. of the change of the leader. And Joshua, that's the power we have. Whoa. Go ahead. Mark. Go ahead, Richard. Well, I'm wondering, you know a lot about America, about yes. America's history. Yes. Um, what are we doing wrong here in the church? What would your, what would your like, ad main advice be for, for leaders in the body of Christ in America? How should we do things? F first of all, the, one of the major, so not only in America, but everywhere, where we become so individualistic that you see when we look at the gospel of the kingdom as only saving souls, mm. that means the more souls I have sitting before me, the bigger the congregation is my success. Because that we've interpreted the whole Great Commission as just saving, saving individuals. Mm -hmm. Where you start to see that the Great Commission has to involve the whole nation, you stop competing with others because you realize you can't do it alone. Mm -hmm. If we are to change the state of Colorado, I will need everybody. I will need every minister. I will need every believer, both the pastors, the pulpit ministers, and the marketplace leaders, and the intercessor. Then you start to see that we have to work together. While you see yourself as only saving souls and individuals, you see your success in the number of the people who sit before you and you don't need others because after all, I'm successful. I have 10,000 people attending every weekend. That's a big thing, a deception that the devil has really created. And mm. we, we just live for that and say, I, I, 10,000 people, what is that out of the 300 and what, 50, 80, 350 million American? Mm. The whole of America is supposed to be discipled. Who is supposed to disciple it? The church. The church has been called to disciple the nation of America. Mm -hmm. And your founding father did a very wonderful work, fantastic work. But the children, you know, have degenerated into that. So that's a big issue. Mm -hmm. We, first of all, to see that we've been called to disciple nations, not just individuals. Mm -hmm. Well, then the average pastor will say, well, a nation can't go to heaven, can't go to hell. Mm -hmm. So that's not my concern. I'm trying to get people saved so they can go to heaven. Now look at what Jesus said. Our Father, who art in heaven. So they were asking, how do we pray? Hallowed be thy name. Mm -hmm. Thy kingdom come. Mm -hmm. So because we focus on going to heaven, when Jesus is focusing on coming down, <laughs> and that's the big, biggest yes. problem. So our focus is wrong. Our leader is saying, I want to bring my kingdom into America, into that. That's, that will take a big shift. Mm -hmm. Joshua, one of the things you said, so right now in the practical government school right now, mm. a course I'm teaching is the Seven Mountains of Influence. So mm. I had my slides reworked because in Micah chapter 4, verse 1, it says, In the last days the mountain mm. of the Lord's house mm. shall be exalted above all the other hills. Mm. So... All of a sudden I started, I was reading that and I looked at it and I go, that's how America was birthed. Mm -hmm. So our birth certificate is the Declaration of exactly. Independence. And what does a birth certificate contain? Vitals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So 
every right set mm. forth mm. in the Declaration was preached from pulpits in 1763. So yes. everything you're saying is what our founders did. Believed in. They discipled the nation and all of that. That's what made America great was And the you fact have blessed the rest of the world. The world. Everywhere you go in any nation, America's impact. Mm -hmm. It will be only when we get to heaven that you see what that has achieved in the last 200 years. Mm -hmm. You think about the impact America has had. If you have not traveled from this country and gone out, <clears throat> you can't fully appreciate what a blessing America has actually been. Can you just take a detour here for a second and speak to that? Yes. Because today in America, progressives and communists and liberals, they all they do is criticize, criticize, criticize no. America. They, we're, they're teaching our children in schools that America is an evil nation, uh, that we were founded for slavery, that we are greedy and oppressive. Mm. Is that how the world views us? What, no. What's no, the truth? No, no, no. Everybody has weaknesses, and I can't deny that there were weaknesses everywhere, even the birth of a child, there is blood, you know, but you don't throw the, you know, there is, nations are born through blood uh, and, and human beings are born through, from, from the fall. That doesn't take away the fact of the blessing. America has been a great blessing. I want to assure you of that. If you go to the everywhere, every nation, at a certain time, not very long ago, America was sending 94% of the missionaries all over the world. The rest of us, the, the world was sending only 6%. America was sending 94% mm -hmm. of the missionaries. Look at that. For a long yeah. time, this recently it has changed because of South Korea, which has followed. But it was also the 500 students from DL Modi Institute who went to South, to South Korea, South Korea yeah. changed and transformed that nation. Mm. So still America yeah. has discipled that. So America has been a great, great blessing because your founding fathers looked at this big picture I'm talking about today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They, they didn't emphasize evacuation. Mm. That time they didn't preach a lot about uh, a rapture. They thought about Jesus coming. They knew many nations have not heard the gospel. They knew we needed to take the gospel over the world. So their concentration was to build a, a place where the gospel can be freely preached because in Europe they were being persecuted. Yeah. So they needed a place where the gospel can be freely preached. They can demonstrate what righteous government is, what righteous education is. So they, they were thinking broadly about mm -hmm. government, about education, and that's what has made America so prosperous. Mm -hmm. And then it has impacted the rest of the world. It is now that, you know, we, the children, you, you the children, have abdicated, mm. run away from that responsibility, and decided to hand over the, the, the nation in the last 150 years when the gospel emphasis changed mm. from the nation to the individual. To the individual. So the whole, a typical believer comes to church to be blessed. Lord bless me and my wife, our son Tom and Henry. As for, no more, amen. So that is a typical believer. It's all about me, my blessing, my healing, my prosperity. Now, you can't change a nation with that type no. of attitude. No. Now, the, let me speak into that, that, that big part you said. Is the nation going to heaven? You see, if, if you lived um, in 1800, the people at that time when that, gospel started that we are going, we are living, now we are living. 
I mean, every generation from that time, every generation is living, is living, is living. You have two armies on earth. One army of Christians is living all the time. They're emphasizing evacuation. On the other side, you have the Muslims who are determined to take over. They're doing strategies for 50 years, 100 years. The LGBT, every group is planning to take over. This group is planning to leave. Which of the two will have the nation in the next 50 years or 100 years? The church is creating the problem that he's complaining about. Mm -hmm. Because in 150 years ago when you abdicated, you stopped raising uh, 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 judges yeah. by the doctrine that was taught. Uh, because you said, oh, we are in the dispensation of grace, so we don't need to... So the, all the premier universities did not have faculty for law. I don't know where you studied law. Where did you study uh, law? Cornell. Uh -huh. Is that a Christian? No, it was uh -huh. a secular So university. you had to go to secular to learn it. Mm -hmm. So you have to take so many years now to unlearn every wrong thing mm. that you learned in order to, for you to practice the right law. Mm. Mm. What if you had been taught by a university that believes in the Bible and then you interpret law from the biblical perspective? Mm -hmm. Look at the difference that would be. That means you be produce radical. many lawyers, many judges on the Supreme Court in every state. The church will produce the lawyers. Yeah. You the know. church will produce the judges. Yeah. The church will now the ones who are making the laws that you're complaining about are people you never trained because for you abdicated. Mm -hmm. Say, no, that's not our. Yeah. And we learned that righteousness is restored in the land through the judges. Yes. So in our disobedience, we paid a heavy price, but we recently saw a victory and we can thank President Trump yeah. for getting the right judges in the Supreme Court in yes. the overturning of Roe v. Yes. Wade. Mm. But wow, this has been the fastest 50 some odd minutes. Mm. And so Richard, are there questions coming in? Yes. We yeah. might can squeeze a few in real yes. quick here. Uh, well, Joshua, here's one from Aussie Graham on chat. And mm -hmm. as you might uh, guess, mm. he, he appears to be from Australia. Okay. He says, the Australian church is quite woke in many ways. What can I personally do about this? It's quite what? Woke. Have you heard the phrase woke? No. Uh, okay, so woke is the new term uh, for progressive Marxist uh. belief and practice, and it all has to do with identity politics and recognizing the victimized and and all this sort of thing. Okay, mm -hmm. so LGBT mm. uh, uh, minorities, uh, you know, the poor, whatever, environmentalism, it's all in there. Class it's warfare. Yeah, it just means, um, yeah. yeah. He could say the Australian church has become quite liberal, progressive, communist, liberal. Marxist. Mm. In many ways, what can I personally do about this? You start as an individual. God starts with one person. You start, I started personally when I had nobody talking about what I'm talking about today. Now I have many, many pastors and bishops realizing this is the right thing to do. I have many, many people following because they are looking at the models and they're working, and they see the change and the difference and the impact in parliament, the impact in the judiciary, the impact. Then they said, this is what we should have done all along. So you start as an individual. Mm -hmm. Don't allow, you see, we're supposed to be the salt. We're not supposed to go with the flow. If everybody is doing it, that is not license enough for you to follow. You stick to the principles of God's word. What you mentioned is that you still can't speak 
Bible. You can speak, you think Bible, but you speak Babylonian. That's another challenge that sometimes church has. You come into the parliament and you start to that says the Lord. Yeah. The members of parliament don't understand that. Yeah. They'll think you have epilepsy and they'll call for the ambulance. <laughs> you don't speak like that. You can do that in church. <laughs> you, you, you need to bring the truth in a way that is palatable, how people can, the judges can understand it. Yeah. You, you read the Bible, you put, when I am speaking to judges, you may think I'm a judge, I'm a lawyer. Mm. <laughs> because I, I, I now bring the, the Lord, they enjoy it so much that Muslims, Catholics, non-believers. One day I had the, 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 what, the teachers union. Mm -hmm. A Muslim attended uh, together with many others. And after three days, he said, I've never been in any retreat like this. It feels like you've not bathed and you bathe after three days. Mm. And what you feel is what I'm feeling. He was explaining Ephesians chapter 5, and he was exactly talking about what the word water. does, the wash. And I was surprised that that's how he viewed it. Because mm. you put it in the language he understands, you don't condemn them. Mm. You tell them the truth. You explain it the way they mm. understand. The effect of the law Some of yet. sowing and reaping mm -hmm. has been such a major. Recently, I wrote an article in the National Prayer Breakfast about the conscience. Now people have been calling and said, conscious, I never, and I said, how we live by our conscience, a whole article on it. So the whole parliament is now going to discuss this issue is very important. We need to realize how we need to live by conscience. That's how you do it. Mm. That's how you reach the non-believers. Mm -hmm. Go to their level, bring the truth in a simplified way, get them to love it, and they'll fall in love with it. Truth, anywhere you find truth, whether it's a Muslim, a witch doctor, they love the truth, by the way. Because kingdom is like that. Once it's the kingdom and it's not religion, they will love it. Truth mm. is like that. Everywhere you find it. It That's attracts. Encouraging. Yeah. It attracts everybody. Mm. Well, <laughs> pa Patricia on YouTube asked a question that I think you've covered somewhat, but this, uh, you yes. talked about it for leaders, but how about for a city? How can an individual pray for a city in our own area? You said an individual can still pray for the city. It is much better if you had the leaders because God has sent them there, a pastor. The pastors in Colorado Springs, all of them, if it's possible for them to come together, they reach a certain level of authority which no single individual can ever have, however anointed they are. Doesn't matter how much anointing you have. Where you have the whole church, the body of Christ, the pastors in that city, Mm -hmm. When they come together, yeah. they, they rise into the apostolic authority, territorial authority, no single one of them can ever reach because the church is the fullness of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's why praying together becomes important. Mm. But where you don't have it, you can still have individuals start mm -hmm. to pray and specifically praying for leaders, praying for marketplace leaders and pulpit ministers mm. because God recognizes both. And you know, Joshua, since Corona, because mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about how we need to get pastors yeah. together, but it wasn't until Corona and all of yeah. a sudden government authorities, the health department, the governor yeah. and all of these, they began encroaching mm. on the church. Mm. They were letting businesses stay open, yeah. but telling churches, no, yeah. you could get an abortion, but couldn't go to your dentist yeah. and all of these. And, and all of a sudden one day I was sitting around with some friends, pastor friends in Colorado Springs mm. and I said, guys, we wouldn't, 
be sitting non, here non, without that. Non-essential workers. That's what they yeah, yeah, exactly. The church is non-essential workers. So actually, mm. that has brought us together, and I think it's because we have limited God, and we haven't been listening to Him. And then actually, we just started reading the When the salt the loses its saltness, yes. what happens? It is good for nothing. Good. And then it's trodden under. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we're, we're winding down here. There's a couple of things I want to share. Um, with Bishop Joshua, we could, this is fastest hour we've had for a while, isn't it, Richard? Awesome. Yeah. could sit here and talk all night. But uh, Bishop Joshua will be speaking at Church for All Nations this coming Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And uh, you can, we live stream, but he's going to be teaching uh, and then we'll be praying. And then Saturday morning at our Southwest campus, you'll be teaching and praying. I think that's around 8 a.m. Pastor Calvin Johnson. Y'all will be doing some praying. And then you'll be at both of our Sunday morning services ministering on Sunday morning at Church for All Nations. The only reason I say that, I can't get enough of Joshua. Uh, just Thank the revelation you. and how God, I feel like in some ways I've had almost a front row seat yeah. to how God has been discipling the yeah. nation in Uganda. Do you have any closing comments, Joshua? We, we're less than two We love America. Now. We believe in America. America has been a great, great, great blessing to the nation. Let nobody lie, that, lie to you. America has been a great blessing. But I really pray that the church in America may, you know, uh, I don't know what to call it, that individualistic thing. I think it's spread all over the world. With all the good things that you've uh, exported all over the world, the individualistic part that is the positive side, but there is the negative side, which is selfish. And I'm praying that God will really work in the, uh, uh, in the church in America to start to see that we belong to each other and we can only achieve greatness, greater greatness for America when the church of Jesus Christ comes together and you are the solution to the nation and the nations because God gave you that opportunity. As second to Israel, the first nation to uh, be covenanted, you've really uh, occupied a special position in God's plan, and I think in the whole of history. And I'm praying that God will restore the nation of America to its greatness by bringing the church again together to see the leadership and take it forward. Thank Amen. you. Uh, Amen. Thank you, Amen. Bishop Joshua Lawery. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Also, we want to say a thank you to CTN for carrying us, and uh, we just appreciate that so much. And be sure to check out Truth and Liberty's website. It is so full of rich resources. And another shout out for Richard Harris and uh, Tim Barton. Go to churchforallnations.com. Take advantage of the voter resources there, and we'll see you next week at this same time. Join us next time for the Truth and Liberty broadcast. Find tonight's episode and related articles and links at truthandliberty.net. Truth and Liberty is viewer supported. If you'd like to help us continue our live casts, you can make a donation at truthandliberty.net.